Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm producer Rich Straffolino. What are you doing here? I'm Tom Merritt. Oh no, the mic's on. What happened? I say it every week, but I'm just muted. Hi. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to... Oh, who says the next line? It's on the side. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we seek to minimize technical and intelligence surprise by synchronizing scientific intelligence and operational detection, identification, attribution, and mitigation of unidentified anomalous things in the vicinity of national security areas. Thanks for joining us. Oh, national security. This one becomes a lot easier to try to yeah. narrow down. <laughs> I could have I could have fudged it to make it a little harder, but Matt Bat sent us this one in Thanks, uh, and it's just too good. This is uh this is the mission statement for the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, uh which is I believe the office they set up for the UFO stuff. Oh, the, not doing. UFOs, UAPs. UAP oh, I'm sorry. Yes. But all the Yes, whatever. Or as I call them, WAPs. Uh, you know, Tom. No, there's no uh, problem with that, right? To each, to each their own. Yeah. Uh, the humanity and the oh, you know is what? Though, thing. if I say it that way, it could get confused with the wide area what? personal network. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'll just say UAP. That's the only way that that yeah, can get confused. Yeah, that's the only way sure. that could go wrong. <laughs> Uh, well, well, thanks for uh, covering for me for two weeks while I ate Korea. <laughs> I mean, it was the least I could do that you gave me the joy of vicariously <laughs> visiting Korea. So the least I could do is a couple of podcasts. Right? We are already talking about our plans for going back. <laughs> Eileen was you know, picking trip. out a hotel earlier today. <laughs> we, I mean, we have we have no actual plans to go back. There's no like dates or anything. We certainly can't afford to go back right now. But but we're already like okay. So the next time we go, we stay at this JW Marriott maybe and. <laughs> This was your second sojourn. Uh, it South was Korea, right? the the first time we went was for three days in the middle of a Japan trip. Uh, Maybe it was oh, okay. four actually, but it was it was a short trip. Uh, this time was the first time we spent you know a considerable amount of time. Nice, nice. Uh, and I well, didn't go uh, to North Korea this time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that takes a whole day out. You know, you got to it does because you have to go up to the DMZ and the, yeah, and then you have to like go over there on the cover of darkness and it's the whole thing. No, the, the way I, I set, set foot in North Korea was to take the DMZ tour. And if you are lucky, which most of the time people are not every time, but most of the time you get to go in the little blue huts where they do the peace negotiations. Ah. And uh, technically the border runs through the middle of those huts. So they let you walk to the other side of the hut and you're technically setting foot in North Korea when you do that. You're a uh, truly a world traveler. Yeah. Uh, I is, didn't get my passport great. stamp, though. So <laughs> so uh, you're in deep trouble next yeah. time you go to North Korea. <laughs> uh, well, M- Molly is out uh, uh, at Climate Week, right? That's uh, She is out uh, doing all the, the Climate Week stuff, right? Tom? Should really be more than a week. But yes, that's where she is. Yeah. 
No, that's that's really all we need to devote to it. Seems like we can sew everything up there. Uh, but rest <laughs> assured, the the things have not stopped. And I think I have something, I guess, climate adjacent for my first thing. There, there's definitely some climate implications for this. My first thing is we're all realizing we have too many car washes. So not we, that we wash our car too many times, but that no. there are too many places to get your car washed. There are physically. I'm sorry. Too, I'm sorry. I forgot who I was speaking to. To get your car washed. Yeah. To get like, when you get your water ice at the Wawa, you go get your car washed. Uh, it's it's really great. That's a, my horrible Philly accent. Use guys. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I I have noticed this just in my area that like this is the the like if you're going to start up your own small business, uh, at least in Northeast Ohio, it's going to be a car wash. It's going to have ridiculous looking vacuums on the outside. So much so that recently the Cleveland scene has been covering cities around here, including Parma, Ohio, seventh largest city in Ohio. So it's not just a tiny little town, uh, just doing moratoriums on new car washes. They're like, we have too many of them. They are not adding enough jobs to justify this. We only need one car wash per 10,000 people. This seems to be like the, the rubric. Bunch of different cities have been doing this. I was looking it up and especially in California, we're seeing this when it comes to water usage. Uh, we're, we're seeing, uh, some municipalities kind of taking that, uh, as well. But like, I think there's, there's a little bit of, we've, we've hit peak car wash. If you need a That's car wash, yeah. we are good. Now, I think some of this has to do with the upscale car wash was a thing for a while, or at yeah. least like the, the dedicated car wash has been a thing for a while. The luxury and, car wash. <laughs> or like the, the, the standalone car wash that you buy a subscription to. Oh yeah. That you we can just take any time you want and get your car. I do washed. like here in LA, we have these, I don't know if you have these or not, uh, where you go and it's an automatic car wash, but you don't drive your car through it. So you pull oh. up, you tell them what you want, you get out, you go into the air conditioned, uh, little building and they have snacks and comfy seats. And sometimes they'll have TVs and then you can watch your car go through the automatic car wash from, from inside. Uh, and then at the end, they do some detailing, you know, so, mm-hmm. so there's like guys cleaning on the inside and vacuuming and all that. And then you, once they call your name and give you a key and you're on your way. Yeah, the uh, I I think we have one or two of those. Those are those are not my preferred car wash, just because I, I need to be in. I I want as little human interaction as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable if I have to get out of the car at all. It's it's a convenience thing. But I get that there are car wash people. My dad is one of these people that's like if his car goes a week without getting washed, he's like like he it's like a moral stain on his his character. We had the um, classic thing where we we took the car in for a servicing at the dealer. <clears throat> they washed it which is mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. And then it rained last night. Unexpectedly. <laughs> That's why you got to get the wax that keeps it, yeah. you know, that yeah. then it's like, it never even rained anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, I think we've reached peak car wash thing. Now too many car washes is, uh, is the thing now. Shouldn't the market take care of that? Like, why does the city have to ban car washes? Theoretically, if people want to pay for car washes, then, and, and I'm not doing the water restriction thing. I, I get mm. the idea of saying, hey, we don't have enough water. We're going to make car washes pay more or we're going to limit their water use or whatever. That's different. But it, but absent water restrictions, a.k.a. Ohio, like 
if people want to pay, if a car wash can make money, shouldn't it be allowed to run? Like I, I, I'm, I'm of two minds because on the one hand, like it's like self storage places. Like I, I don't personally want to see more of those on Lorraine road near where I live just because they're not my favorite uh, thing to not look at. Their but, backyard. I get yeah, it. Okay. But, but I also get like, you're right. It is like clearly like, these would only stay in business, presumably. If people uh, use them. Yeah, if people are using them. Uh, I still see lines at uh, the Bee Clean by my house. Uh, right, because they're banning car washes. They're not enough car washes. That's why <laughs> not, you got the not, lines. Not in beautiful North Olmsted, I will have to say. Not we are we are in a full car wash. But yeah, it does seem weird to like cap it for, you know, like based on population. Now, a lot of these are like, we're taking a six-month moratorium on licenses for these businesses. But, but again, first of all, why do you need to license them? Like a simple uh, well, safety could, inspection. I'm sorry, Tom. My back is very itchy. Could you take care of that for me? <laughs> yep. Uh, well, as I mentioned, I, I was traveling uh, recently. And one of the things I noticed when I was in the subway was a lot of people, especially like office worker folks coming you know to and from their their jobs wearing these very fashionable square backpacks kind of shallow seemingly like laptop shaped so Mm -hmm. obviously you're sticking your laptop in there uh but lots of people with these like yeah not not the the usual irregular shape of the classic uh east pack uh backpack or the jan sport uh but but the but square like a more like a rectangle. I, should, I call it a square backpack, but it's really a rectangle. Um, and and looking very chic, you know, like leatherette. Maybe they're actual leather in some cases. Um, I don't know if this was just happening where I was in Seoul, although I did see it in Busan too. Um, or if it was, or if it's something I haven't noticed because I don't ride. Uh, I haven't been riding the metro in L.A. and I haven't been in New York. I have to ask Molly actually when she comes back from New York if she rode the subway there. Um, but have you have you happened to see anybody with a square backpack like this? When you first said it, I'm thinking of like like a shiny gloss leather. I don't know, like a like a valise case on your back or something like that. But no, I'm, I'm looking at the yeah. I'm, but I'm looking at the like you have now, and I've definitely seen this all over the place. And I wonder if this is, I mean, it's weird that this is cropping up now because like Ambassador Domo, the picture you just put in the Discord is kind of more what I had in mind. But I, like the one you shared, Tom, I've seen this all over the place and it seems like it's perfectly catered to the reality that the only thing you're putting in your backpack is a 15 inch yeah. laptop seemingly. And maybe a wallet or keys or yeah. something, right? Yeah. But the... But we've been to that reality for a while now. It seems like what I, I wonder what is the the spur to I, I guess maybe there's there's slow backpack turnover. The the Jansport is a is a very rugged and uh, and I still saw a few people with the classic Jansport like throwback retro uh, mm-hmm. uh, backpack. But most of the office worker types, you know, the folks in the white shirts and and, and stuff. They were wearing, they were sporting the square backpack and they had them for sale in the little subway shops. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of kicking myself for not buying one now. Just, just, <laughs> just to have it, you know, I, I, I do think this is kind of, uh, uh, back with the, the messenger bag has lost its, uh, its prominence in kind of business commuter culture. Cause that used to be the move for, for forever. 
yeah, it's like, oh, you know, you'd have your messenger bag and your Starbucks latte and you'd be running around and doing all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the utility of the backpack has definitely won out for, uh, or, or the, it, it is more apparent to commuters now. And maybe this is just, hey, this is the, uh, this is the khakis and, uh, uh, white Oxford of backpacks. I just uh, I realized guess. that the free backpack I got at the Blackpink concert. Oh my is gosh. Square. Well, that just threw out everything that, cause <laughs> I mean, I mean, Blackpink is culture. I mean, maybe it's just that black, this is the official backpack of Blackpink. So, <laughs> or it's just because they're from Korea and that's what everybody wears in Korea. I don't know. That is also possible. But yeah, I, I think it's just like business people are like, yes, having something unbalanced on me is way less comfortable than something that, you know, I can, if I'm going to be biking or walking a long distance backpack, way more comfortable. Yeah. And, and, and very chic. You know, it looks, it caught my eye. I was like, Ooh, that's different. That's new. And some of them did look like wearing a valise on your back. Some of them were, mm-hmm. were very stylish. I mean, the closer I can get to having an attache case in my life, like as a daily carry, mm. that's, that's like the end game uh, bag for With me. With a handcuff. Yeah. I just really, I really just want something that's so thin that really only like a single piece of paper can fit into it. And I'm I'm just carrying it back and forth from like ambassadors. I don't know what lifestyle I have that leads me to have this, but that's kind of what I want. Uh, well, my next thing, Tom, you know, uh, it's uh, it's getting colder. I was saying on the pre-show, we kind of had the official end of summer uh, in in my household here, and uh, that means we're headed toward sweater weather. Yep, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I am uh, I am people avowed- in Los Angeles force themselves to sweat by wearing sweaters because <laughs> it's sixty out. Yes, yes, they will delude themselves into thinking <laughs> they need to to join in on this too. Uh, I'm an avowed cozy boy, so I'm all for the the mm. sweater lifestyle that's uh, about to be upon us. But I noticed something. I was on I was on the shine, uh, shopping for some cheap clothing. Okay, and I noticed that I think <laughs> to my to my people that means you were drinking when you're yeah. on the shine. <laughs> well, so I now I understand yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I was I was searching for some fast fashion cheap clothing. And I noticed that there were a ton of just, I'm just going to call it sweater maximalism mm-hmm. selections uh, for, for men and women. Uh, but just, it's not like, a, it's not just like a, I don't know, like an 80s thrift store sweater. But like, it, it is, a, it seems like it's a little bit more high fashion, lots of different textures, lots of different uh, uh, like mixed patterns and stuff like that. It's just very loud and aggressive sweaters. Um and I, I think we are we are coming to the age of the uh, I found this thing on uh, glam.com mm-hmm. about the statement sweater is the ah. must have fashion trend for fall. So maybe that's what it is. I think sweater maximalism sounds more literate. So I'm going to go with that. But I, I think the the sweater as hey, maybe my conversation piece. I don't know if this is ugly Christmas sweater, but for leaking six out months out outside of, the year. of Christmas time. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, buying a couple of crazy sweaters and wearing them and mildly annoying Jackie with them. I'm sure I'm sure that I am wrong when I feel this way, but the crop top sweater entertains me greatly because <laughs> you want to be warm because you want to be warm, but just above the belly button, not below. I mean, really, it's the it's the uh, the continuation of the fine tradition that is the sweater vest and equally 
yeah. ludicrous uh, uh, sweater decision. Although I always thought the sweater vest is like, I got to keep my core warm, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there could, I could make a rationalization for the sweater vest. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, if you keep your core warm, then your blood warms your limbs. Uh, you can wear long sleeves under it, whatever. But the... <laughs> The crop top sweater leaves your core unprotected. But here's the thing. What if your arms are getting cold and you have rocking abs? What are you going to okay. do? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Regular sweater. There's only one. There's no, yeah. Regular sweater isn't going to help unless it has a window I, in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could have with your maximalist sweater. Right. Just have that open up. Now, uh, I think it's Ambassador Dumbo is posting in uh, in the chat here. Yes, Ambassador Dumbo with the links, as always, uh, in the Discord. He also shared a link to like the the crochet sweater that looks like a that looks like the blanket on the back of the Wayne's World couch. And I've definitely seen the crochet sweater having its moments uh, as well. But this to me is more. I don't know. It, it at least has pretensions for something more high fashion. Now I'm seeing it on shine and timu and stuff like that so it's maybe it's it's not it just has it likes to pretend it is tis the season um, for the sweater it's just yes. that you're noticing more sweater <laughs> yes i am noticing just weird i, I think i also saw this on uh, like uniqlo and stuff like that like i've just i i've been seeing more of these i have no idea what occasion is correct for that sweater but i kind of want one mm-hmm. and you may be seeing one in the future it's a thing episode yeah, that, is that a sweater vest where it's sleeveless with a V-neck and covered in what looks like eight-bit cherries or guitars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the V-neck again. The, I mean, you gotta the V-neck, V-neck sweater, sweater vest. That's a classic. Yeah, <laughs> you usually see it worn with collared shirt, but not in this case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, ch- we'll we'll check back in. That's a good one. Uh, with some, yeah, with some like sweater it. stuff. Yeah. I have a question for you, Rich. Yes. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Can you define uh, how you're defining the Roman Empire? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not how this works. The answer Uh uh is a lot, because that's the meme that is taking place around TikTok. (laughs) Uh, I think it started as a joke based on the old adage, you know, men think about sex X times per day. Mm. Uh, and then people said, well, I, I think about the Roman empire that many times a day too. <laughs> and now it's become a thing where everyone talks about, uh, you know, how many times do you think about the Roman empire? And then lots of stories on TikTok of like, I thought it was a joke. And then I asked my boyfriend and he like answered seriously, like at least once a day, uh, <laughs> to I, the I point saw that wired has an article up where uh, the writer Angela Watercutter is arguing that this, this, this shouldn't be men. This should be non-gendered. Women think about the Roman Empire too. Yes, a- absolutely. Uh, the Roman Empire for all. I saw Nicole Lee, I think, on uh, on Blue Sky talking about this. is This is my entry point. So I knew uh-huh. this was in yeah. the She's cultural ether. Yeah. But uh, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Of I, Let me think of this ridiculous thing. And it turns out... <laughs> absolutely there's some veracity to it see now for me i'm more of an eastern roman empire kind of fella personally you're more byzantine yeah well i well okay 
Let's. They did not call themselves that. Okay. They thought they so were. You're, you're not just talking about the you're, the the later era. You're talking mm. about the Constantinople era. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm right. talking about. Uh, yeah. The uh, the dual. Empire. I like how you got your backup when I called you Byzantine. You're like, no, 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 no. This isn't I mean, Byzantium. This is this okay, is Constantinople. Like we we can understand it to be the Byzantine Empire. Sure, they spoke Greek instead of Latin. Sure, it was entirely separate. In their culture. later days, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, but uh, that that's where my heart is when I think about Roman uh, empires, Roman or otherwise. But uh, Which, as as, as someone who was Turks. <laughs> as someone who was raised with a, a classics geek father, uh, uh-huh. I, I know I know if I asked my dad about this, he'd be like, I mean, well, you know, chariots and, uh, you know, gladiatorial games. You got to think like about your that dad must stuff. think about the Roman Empire many he, times a day. He does. It, it may just be through the lens of like uh, of like Vista Vision. He's just thinking of like old sword and sandal movies. But uh, either way, he'll he'll uh, he'll be thinking about it a lot now. Tom, how often do you think about the Roman? Empire? Not that often. When I discovered <laughs> okay. this, I, I like, you know, gave myself an honest evaluation. I was like, wow, I haven't thought about the Roman Empire in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Um, Ambassador Domo found this New York Post article that there is a scene in Suits about the Roman Uh-oh. Empire. Uh, and it seems like maybe that could have sparked the people talking about the Roman Empire because everybody's watching Suits right now. Wow. The Suits phenomenon just keeps sparking more things. Yeah. It suits, uh, suits itself as a thing. We also need to check in on a thing uh, that you identified, Rich, uh, because it's that time of the year. That's right. Yeah, uh, we got some more seasonal things here. Now, a couple of years ago, we identified the giant skeleton as yep. the hot. I think this was a pandemic thing was the hot Christmas decor. You could not or Christmas Halloween decor. And then later repurposed for Christmas. Yeah, because it's, take it down. it's a yeah. pain in the butt to take yeah, yeah. down. Uh, but the giant scale sold out, was impossible to find that first year, uh, that it was getting real hot. Uh, I'm checking back in because just giant Halloween decor is now a thing. I've seen giant werewolves. I've seen giant creepy looking scarecrows. I've seen giant mummies. Um, so I'm just saying giant Halloween decor is now just a fixture that we are living in. Not like inflatables. I'm not talking the, the, you know, the, the suburban eyesore that is, the inflatable uh, uh, seasonal decor. I'm talking seemingly a hard plastic giant scarecrow is like two houses down for me at this moment. And it freaks me out every time I walk by it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I just think there's someone standing there. It's not that the scarecrow is particularly scary. It's just like, I think <laughs> someone's standing on like a tree lawn. It's weird. But yes, uh, Tom, have you seen any giant uh, spiders or, or anything I like that? I haven't. No, uh, I've, I've been trying to think about that. I, I don't think I've, I've no. I think I did notice a giant skeleton. Okay. I don't remember where, but in L.A., somewhere around here. So it's it's already it's already back. Hooray. Awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, since we're checking in on things, uh, The Economist did a story on its podcast this week about the uh, rise of country music and oh, how it's dominating yes. the Billboard charts in a way it never has before, attributable to Gen Z, which, if you're an It's a Thing listener, you've known this for years. You doubled down. You've been in, you've been shorting country music stock. Yeah. Wait, that's not even how this works. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how investing works. But you you did know about that. Yes, that was one of the other things I saw going through and putting together the best of last week is 
all the country uh, stuff that we were we were super early on. So yeah, yeah, uh, the old pat on the back. Of course, we couldn't do it without your emails and your feedback because you're always spotting things. We got some of the best thing spotters in the world writing into us. Uh, we had a uh, uh, first up here at the feedback. It's a thing me. We had Monty writing in and he had a question about a movie thing. Okay, Monty. He writes in. Hi, Tomali. Uh, you guys talked about the game changers. I'm curious about your take on it after you watch it. Now, Tom, have you watched this? I haven't. Yet? So, okay. I can't I give my take. <laughs> uh, we may need to save this because I believe this is the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, climate change, uh, uh, doc basically was saying, uh, uh, Monty was writing and he was really looking forward to our takes. He said he's heard a couple of debunking podcasts ripping it apart and I'm still on the fence waiting to see. Uh, what is correct about this movement? I was vegan for a few years and got so sick that I had to add things back in. Uh, and Molly was talking about uh, her encroaching uh, veganism on the show. I believe that was on the bonus content uh, a while back. So, Monty, we will check in with Molly and uh, we will get back to you uh, on that. Uh, so, uh, but we know that will be near and dear to our hearts. So, thanks. For I know that. nothing about the game changers, so I am trying not to say anything about the game changers when I say this. It could be perfectly legitimate and full of wonderful information, and I assume it is. I do hesitate to watch documentaries these days. Unless I really know who the doc maker is and trust them, mm. or it's not a controversial topic in any way, uh, simply because I have run into so many documentaries about things I do know about, especially, you know, like technology stuff, particularly where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're just they're just playing this for effect. They're 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 making it seem like things are a particular way for dramatic effect, which you, you can easily do. Uh, so I've, I've gotten very wary about taking documentary and video in general plays on your emotions more than than written text. So when it's when I want to be sure I understand something impartially. I do tend to steer away from from docs, but that doesn't mean the game changers is one of those. I, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, we will we will report back. Professor Art from the Philippines has a music thing. Hello, Molly, Tommy, Richie. For my generation, when you think of an Icelandic singer, it's Bjork. But for Generation TikTok, it's someone who spells their name L U F E Y. First of all, good luck pronouncing that. Well, okay then. I'm going to have to go right to the source and pull up this video to teach me right now how <laughs> to that's Leve. That's Leve. the more English one and then in true Icelandic form it's Leve. Leve. Leve is good enough, is what she's saying for an English speaker. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Leve. Uh, she's blown up and she so deserves it, says Professor Art. What with her talent, but also because she's such a sweetheart, posting endlessly for her fans, making fun of herself, encouraging people to make memes about her. What's more, she's also single-handedly making jazz a thing for Gen Z. So, yes, Leve is such a thing now. Love the show. I look forward to seeing nothing but uh, Leve content after this is one of those emails where I feel like I'm going to. Yeah. This, yeah. Gonna, like I was like a Bader Meinhof the crap out of this. <laughs> well, it was like it was like as soon as we talked about like Lizzo on the show, it was uh -huh. just like, oh, she was just like the biggest. She was everywhere. So I guarantee Professor Art. Thank you for keeping me vaguely. That is the yeah. modern way, too, is to like do a bunch of video. Don't take yourself too seriously. Like, well done, Levy. Next up here, we had Joe Hood. He needs a thing check. All right, uh, thing check on Al Joe. Thing check. Uh, he says, Mo Regan, welcome back 
toe. I've been nodding along to things for the past few weeks. The Stanley Thirst Destroyer, that beach TV show. The fact that GeoGuessr has my son starting a geography club in school as things that are in my world this summer. But rather than go through all the ways you have uh, described my current life, back to the thing check. This is either an N of 1 or an N of 40 because uh, on one early morning flight, I saw at least 40 people doing this potential thing. All over the airport, I saw people with fleece blankets. Not a blanket from planes, but what looks like regular twin blankets from home draped over their shoulders or covering up laps. I saw this with people walked on the plane. People were sitting in their seats, people waiting at the gates, even a couple people napping at the terminal, a proud airport tradition. My flight started at 5.30 a.m., so sleepy people uh, was not a surprise, but what I would like a thing check on. Was it a weird travel moment for me, or are people bringing their blankets on trips? Uh, and uh, let's see, and also preempt a question. Yes, some of them were cute cartoon character blankets. Uh, so, Tom, you are you just had some extensive travel. Uh, I was just can you verify airport. this? Yeah. 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 Uh, multiple times. I did not notice this. On my flights. Now, I could also be N of one uh, because I was taking an international trip from LAX to Incheon Airport. So I don't know if that's the most representative situation uh, or not. I will say in other situations where I've been flying, I have noticed a person or two here or there with a blanket and thought, oh, well, that's smart, you know, especially if you have long flights and you, you need to take a quick cat nap or whatever. Uh, but I have not noticed it in large amounts that Joe is noticing. So I call upon the THDs of the It's a Thing audience uh, <laughs> to write in feedback at it's a thing me. If you have seen this, uh, let us know. Um, if you haven't, you, you yeah, I guess you could write in, but that won't be as <laughs> useful as, as if you had. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I will probably take another flight in my life and i'll keep an eye out for this <laughs> fingers crossed yeah uh matt wrote in with a celeb clarification molly tom and rich molly and rich were talking about celebrities who had married up i believe the gen z term for this is punching as in who is punching up in the relationship there's a youtube podcast where two guys rate relationship photos that have been submitted by listeners to see who is punching as always, love the discussion the crew has on all the things. So punching up traditionally has meant you are making a joke about someone in a higher status than you. And yes. punching down is what you don't want to do, which is making jokes that make fun of people in lower status because that's considered rude. You know, you've got the advantage over them. Mm-hmm. I could see that being appropriated and and sort of not mis- not exactly misused, but kind of misused. Uh, but everybody kind of knows what you mean. Well, and this kind of flips. It's the same phenomenon that we had someone uh, write in. I want to say it was uh, maybe it was Joe Hood that wrote in. I, I don't want to say who. Uh, but they, basically, it was like looking at IMDb and going like, "How did this person, you know, luck out into marrying?" Like it seemed like a little bit more of a, a negative spin. And I I don't know. It it gets weird when you're talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. But this seems. Maybe more positive. I I don't I don't except know. It's, it's punching. Yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I feel like I have punched up in my relationship. So there you go. Well, that just sounds weird to say it that way. Yeah, just I just say uh, uh, lucked out. That's yep. it. Married up. Married. <laughs> uh, it is time for our shout outs, which are crafted by you, Rich, with your this is true with the with your brain hands. I imagine your brain turning into intellectual hands and then 
extracting the most unique ideas and molding them like Play-Doh into the shout outs every week. Uh, that is actually uh, true. That is not metaphorical. Um, <laughs> brain hands, <laughs> brain hands come out and actually operate the, uh, the keyboard here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's the best uh, part of my day or my week and, and my job. So uh, yeah, today's shout outs. I, I scoured the internet for the best source material possible and I found an article called the top 26 most unusual uses for WD-40 multi-use product, all in caps. It's screaming at you. And uh, that, of course, had to be the shout outs. And of course, Tom has WD-40. <laughs> I will hold my can of WD-40 while we do these shout outs. Now, if you are a patron, you know about the shout outs. The patrons at the shout out level, our highest level of Patreon support, mm-hmm. get these handcrafted shout outs that open as smooth as a lock with WD-40. Well, we'll find out more about that. Tom, why don't you kick us off here? Are we just alternating one after the other here? Yeah. All yeah. right. Keep Morris Jones from sticking to lawnmower blades. Get tree sap off of a variety of Benj- Benjamin forests. Get baked on bird droppings off car and AJ Venturella exteriors. Make Lee Price roll right off your snow shovel. Loosen broken keys from Kevin Sill. Prevent Eric Duncan from sticking to pruning shears. Break in Jake Woods. Eliminate roofing tar stains on Gabriel Cohen. Wipe off Laura Abel from your vehicle's front grill. Keep Valor trucks from sticking to molds during crafting. Keep Audrey Stoll Adler's spot fresh and rust free. No more permanent Louis Saint Amour on your whiteboard. Removes crayon from a variety of Mike Aikens. Makes James C. Smith glide off hole diggers. Use the bottom of Joe Hood as a stencil for a circle while in the field. <laughs> that was also, the point of the list where I knew they gave up. <laughs> get baked on bird droppings was a bad read, but I stand by it. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, the, the shout outs are designed uh, to, to break the reader. So I'm, I'm glad... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it served its purpose. Uh, but thank you to all of our shout-out patrons, to all of our patrons, to all of our listeners for making this show possible. Remember, you become a member of It's a Thing's Patreon and get access to stuff like our Discord and an ad-free RSS feed. Some bonus content at patreon.com slash it's a thing. You can also support the show by buying some things through our affiliate links. Look for those in the show notes over at shopping page it's a thing.me slash shop. You can also email us your things. Do that! Look for those blankets. Feedback at it's a thing about me. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Later. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.